This is Chapter Sixty Nine of The Boy's Life of Mark Twain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Boy's Life of Mark Twain by Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter Sixty Nine The Return to Reading. I spent most of each day with him, merely sitting by the bed and reading. I noticed when he slept that his breathing was difficult, and I could see that he did not improve. But often he was gay, and liked the entire family to gather about and be merry. It was only a few days before we sailed that the severe attacks returned. Then followed bad nights. But respite came, and we sailed on the twelfth, as arranged. The Allen home stands on the water, and Mr. Allen had chartered a tug to take us to the ship. We were obliged to start early, and the fresh morning breeze was stimulating. Mark Twain seemed in good spirits when we reached the Oceana, which was to take him home. As long as I remember anything, I shall remember the forty-eight hours of that homeward voyage. He was comfortable at first, and then we ran into the humid, oppressive air of the Gulf Stream, and he could not breathe. It seemed to me that the end might come at any moment, and this thought was in my own mind, but he had no dread, and his sense of humor did not fail. Once, when the ship rolled and his hat fell from the hook and made the circuit of the cabin floor, he said, "'The ship is passing the hat!' I had been instructed in the use of the hypodermic needle, and from time to time gave him the hypnotic injunction, as he still called it. But it did not afford his entire relief. He could remain in no position for any length of time, yet he never complained and thought only of the trouble he might be making. Once he said, I am sorry for you, Payne, but I can't help it. I can't hurry this dying business. And a little later, Oh, it is such a mystery, and it takes so long. Relatives, physicians, and news-gatherers were at the dock to welcome him. Revived by the cool, fresh air of the north, he had slept for several hours and was seemingly much better. A special compartment on the same train that had taken us first to Reading took us there now, his physicians in attendance. He did not seem to mind the trip or the drive home. As we turned into the lane that led to Stormfield, he said, "'Can we see where you have built your billiard-room?' The gable of the new study showed among the trees, and I pointed it out to him. "'It looks quite imposing,' he said." Arriving at Stormfield, he stepped unassisted from the carriage to greet the members of the household, and with all his old courtliness offered each his hand. Then, in a canvas chair we had brought, we carried him upstairs to his room, the big, beautiful room that looked out to the sunset hills. This was Thursday evening, April 14, 1910. End of chapter 69